Hey, I'm Christian Shockley, and this is episode two of the Vocationality Podcast. In this episode, Will Gray, the founder of Vocationality, and I talk about session two of the Vocationality Pathway, a session called Your Calling. So uh, without further ado, I'll let you dive into it. In session one, uh, a vocationality participant is going to tell their story uh, over the course of two hours, and their guide is going to listen and and take notes uh, predominantly. Um, session two starts to make use of that story. Mm-hmm. So, so tell me what session two is called and what happens in it. Right. So session two is called Your Calling. We'll talk about that word in a moment, because mm-hmm. it probably means different things, uh, depending on your background. Um, I mentioned that your story is not just about the experience of being seen and known and understood, but also having those patterns and the evidence of your life surface Mm. come to the top so you can see um, how you've arrived, where you are. As we move into session two, your calling, we're starting to make sense of your story in new ways. So one of the key things that happens in that conversation is that the guide will share patterns that they've noticed in your story. And in fact, you'll share yours first, ones that you've noticed. Um, There are exercises in between each of these conversations that aren't just filler. They're actually designed to uh, give you progress you can make on your own and that set up the conversation, next conversation, to be really rich and effective and helpful to you. So one of those exercises will be noticing the patterns that came to the surface as you told your story. And those patterns are not just... uh, uh, you know, a take-home meal, you know, mm. from your story. They're they're one. They're turning into useful, productive ways that you can use this. So it might be patterns of how you've gotten stuck in the past. It might be patterns of how you've uh, done your best work or what's gone on, um, or the best guidance or decisions that that you've um, experienced in the past, so that you can um, now experience some of these things on purpose where they might have happened largely by accident in the past. So that's a substantial part of what's happening, but we're trying first to identify what is a good definition of your calling. Mentioned calling is a little bit of a slippery term. I don't know your background as you're listening to this, but you may have experienced before this sense that um, you resonate deeply with the world in a particular way. Maybe you've never even thought about it, but uh, this is one of the major differences among people. Um, Christian, I know you and I share a lot of resonances with the world, but you and I are different people. Mm. And the way we relate to the world and the way we want to show up to the world and the way we love showing up to the world is a little bit different. And that's part of what makes us us. Um, and so that calling is something that sometimes you'll feel from the inside. That you almost feel this hunger <laughs> or this desire to act a certain way or to uh, help a certain um, kind of person or, um, or even just uh, you'll, you'll see a particular kind of need in the world. You'll sort of feel it when you're with people. Sometimes you'll experience the calling, as you might think, from out there. Um, and it's a pattern you're seeing in the world that maybe other people aren't seeing. Um, I, I think it was Peter Drucker who said, he used to ask this question, what do you see when you look out the window that no one else sees? 
Um, and this is the kind of question that we're trying to answer with your calling. Now, we're not claiming that within this conversation, we're going to draft it and set it in stone and you'll have it for the rest of your life, but we'll begin to define it. And usually people are quite happy with what we arrive at in this conversation. Um, so that sense of calling, uh, some people call it your why, Simon Sinek, um, repopularize that recently uh, f- find your why start with why um, this is your why um, in in Japan they call this ikigai uh, the the my reason for being um, and you might think well that's everything <laughs> so why don't we just stop there hopefully you'll you'll uh, see as as we continue these conversations there's a there's a need for unpacking that further to figure out well how do I show up to that and what environments help me to do that best? And what should I do next in my life um, based on that? But starting with that sense of calling, it's almost like this big geographical area. This is what I always picture anyway, that uh, by accident in the past, you've stumbled into this part of the world. And while you were there, it felt great. Not just that you were happy, but you felt meaning and you felt connected to the world in a different way. You felt uh, needed. You felt like there was a, a reason for you to show up. And hopefully this is going to come out in part through the story that you've told. Mm. Um, but we want to start capturing that now. And so, in fact, we, those exercises also help you to begin unpacking things like, who are your heroes currently? And what kinds of dreams have you had about your life and your work over your whole life? Or maybe even daydreams while you're, while you're bored at work or while you're frustrated at work. What are you dreaming about? Or how would you like the world to be different? And some of these exercises help you to begin to unpack that. So in this conversation, we're able to start identifying what is distinct and different about your calling, that geographical area that you've stumbled into by accident, and now you could spend the rest of your life in on purpose. So I have a couple follow-up questions uh, about calling, and some of it is uh, through my own experience of vocationality. Some of it is through perceptions that i think we've all grown up with mm-hmm. uh, about this idea of calling um some of it's from clients um does a calling have to be grand hmm. i i feel like sometimes whenever we introduce this idea of a calling to, to somebody who's going through vocationality they they hear calling and they think steve jobs oh, right. they think mm-hmm. revolutionary mm-hmm. does a calling have to be big I think a calling is always going to be bigger than you, and it should mm. feel bigger than you. It should feel like something you're getting to participate in and something that you could imagine other people being needed in as well. But that doesn't mean it's going to feel grandiose to you. Mm. Um, the beautiful thing about um, the way people are made is that when you are being yourself well, you enjoy it, but you're not distracted by yourself very much. You're not aware <laughs> You, you sort of lose track of yourself to a certain extent because you're just being able to live out who you are naturally. It's other people who look at you and say, wow, that's incredible. Um, in a way, it's like moths drawn to a porch light, mm. right? It's that, that kind of clarity and that kind of um, freedom of just living out who you are that's really attractive to other people. So I don't think most people's callings feel grandiose to them. Mm. It's possible Steve Jobs' calling didn't feel grandiose to him. I mean, he wanted to make a ding in the universe. That's pretty... That's pretty uh, cosmic, I guess. Um, but it involved a lot of hard work and a lot of minutia and little decisions all the time. So that aspect of his calling probably didn't feel grandiose. But yeah, I think it's, it's going to be almost like a project. 
You can imagine something that's definitely bigger than you, probably bigger than your lifetime, but that you get to participate in. And the idea of you of getting to participate in that excites you. Where for another person, maybe even someone you're related to, they would hate that, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, it's not their calling, you know? And you can start to feel your sense of calling when you, you think, oh, I would love to do that. Mm. In fact, some clients have said, it feels like cheating that I get to do this. Well, perfect. Because it doesn't feel like cheating to everyone. Right. So that, uh, some of what you said there uh, brings me to my second question, which is this idea, uh, certainly callings are, are very often unique, and it's, it's yes. rare that maybe even two people in the same room or in the same office are going to have exactly the same calling. But are there, other, are there people who share callings? Absolutely. Is that okay? Oh, it's better than okay. Right. <laughs> it's wonderful. Um, there's a beautiful term um, called caress. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Vonnegut, were you hoping that would bring I, up? I was hoping <laughs> that we would talk about Kurt Vonnegut. Yes. So Kurt Vonnegut's a science fiction novelist from the mid to late 20th century, um, passed away a couple decades ago. And in one of his novels called Cat's Cradle, he invents a religion called Bokanonism. <laughs> and there's some aspects of this religion that are just hilarious. Um, but clearly he invented this religion in this novel so that he could talk about ideas that we've all experienced and just didn't have words for. And he gets to put words to them. And one of them is a caress. A caress is a group of people who are all working on the same project together, even though they may have never met before. And every now and then you bump into someone, and the more you learn about them, the more you suspect I think we're in the same caress. Mm. And a caress, according to Vonnegut, is not these normal groups that you would expect. Like, we went to the same school, or we worked for the same company, or we studied the same thing in college. No, that's not a caress, according to Vonnegut. You need to be working on the... It's almost like you're rowing in the same direction, or you're working on the same project, and you, you bump into somebody over time, and you realize, well, we're working on the same project. And if you've ever had that experience, uh, my hope is that it's been like it has been for me. You don't feel bummed about it. You feel really invigorated and you think, oh, this is great. Um, How can we get to be friends? (laughs) How can we stay in touch with each other? What can we learn from each other? What have you read? Who who do you uh, follow right now that's been really helpful to you? Um, It's like the the expression people use sometimes of finding your people. Mm. Um, So it doesn't mean that other people aren't valuable and you're not able to connect with other people, but from time to time, You'll bump into somebody who, who shares your calling or your callings overlap in some ways, and uh, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, on that uh, point, uh, having this conversation about the crass and talking about Kurt Vonnegut uh, makes me so happy to have found you. And oh, thanks, to, Chris. To have, I feel have, the same way. Uh, found yeah. that we are in, in the same crass. It is, it is one of those magical experiences mm-hmm. where you realize... Oh, there's someone else exploring this map with me. There's yes. someone else who's bringing, uh, you know, a, a different set of of kind of giftedness tools uh, to this area, so that we can yeah. work together on on what we're what mm-hmm. we're building. And that's a that's a wonderful experience. It is. So, um, what could someone uh, do right now? Let's say that they you know stop this episode, uh, they go from here, and they want to uh, explore this idea of calling further. Maybe they want to uh, start to tune in to exactly yes. what their calling is. Um, what would you recommend to to someone to do? One of the exercises that you would do to prepare for this second session is identifying three heroes in your life right now. They could be related to your work people in your field, or they could just be heroes. 
And as we mentioned in the last conversation, um, that you'll tell your story differently <laughs> at any point in mm-hmm. your life uh, because of where you are um, at that point and how you see your life. I've found that people choose different heroes at different points in their life. Uh, what you'll I'd be able to start identifying by choosing, let's say, three people who you admire the most right now. Uh, they could be living still. They could be dead. Sometimes um, we've had clients, in fact, you're one of them, mm. which is fictional characters, completely fine. And actually, I, I think that my, my fictional uh, career hero is the one that has mm-hmm. stuck with me mm-hmm. the most yes. since doing vocationality. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, we'll tell you about that in a f- yeah. future podcast. Yes, I hope. Uh, um, but these heroes tell you something about yourself and where you are right now and where you're wanting to head next. Um, that's one of the beautiful things about it. Um, Christian, you mentioned I've worked with lots of people over the last decade. Um, I can never, ever remember two people choosing the same three heroes. Mm-hmm. In fact, it is quite rare that the same hero has repeated at all. Wow. You'd think, well, of course it's going to, you know, and at some point, obviously it will. But those three heroes uh, are not just, uh, you know, this is part of your calling in a sense because it's not just. Uh, something about them that you're seeing. It's sort of something in you that's resonating as well. It's that connection, that deep connection with the world that that we're trying to pay attention to. We're trying to listen to that aspect of your life because it has something to tell us and something good, good news to tell us Mm. that can be useful to you. So this is something you can do on your own. Identify three people who right now you would say, I really deeply admire them and respect them. And uh, I guess if I had to call them that, I would say they're my heroes. Great. What is it now about those people you admire? Because in in many ways, heroes often tell us where we'd like to go next that we haven't been yet. In other words, you're 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 not likely to have heroes who who uh, have done things and you've already done them. You know. <laughs> uh, you still respect them, you like them, but heroes are kind of a horizon. They're like a way of setting your sights um, into the future, and you may never have thought about that. Well, why is it that I resonate so much with this person? Great, get in touch with that a little bit. It will tell you something, maybe not the whole picture, but it will tell you something about where you feel you're wanting to grow as a person, and maybe what it looks like for you to be yourself well. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. We really hope that you'll take a few minutes just right now and apply the idea that Will shared at the end of the episode. We truly believe it will be a transformative experience for you. If you want to go through this pathway with one of our trained vocationality guides, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Instagram at vocationality, or you can find our website at vocationality.com. That's vocation, A-L-I-T-Y.com. Thanks for listening.